Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. That's right, Steve. Have you seen this crazy thing? I did that see was this crazy thing. On the Grammys? I it's, did see this crazy thing. There was a performance. And yes. I didn't I didn't personally watch the Grammys. I, I did. I never do. I know that you usually do. Uh, but someone posted about this on the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. I forget who. I have, probably have it in the notes. Michelle Harris. Well, Michael Harris. Um, posted about it in uh, in the group. This did bass player. So I think multiple. Because originally from the performance, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't in our group. Maybe it was in a different group. But Emily from Get Offset. Uh-huh. Uh, posted about it saying like what the heck is this what's going on here the bass player in this in this band that was playing at the grammys has a bass guitar with a keyboard hanging off of yeah. it yeah and of course you want to know more like i went and watched the performance from the grammys and it's mm -hmm. got you know this singer belting out a tune and john mayer doing his thing on guitar and this is happening you sure off off to the side and like i want to know everything about that <laughs> i don't care about everything else going on here i want to know about this bass guitar with the keyboard attached well, you to see, it ryan that's called a woman <laughs> it is a woman but uh, uh and apparently enough people wanted to know about it that reverb did a video with her yeah and had her explain the whole thing it's a short video it's only like four minutes long this is called annie clement's base of the future that's what she calls it the base of the future it's pretty wild like that i feel like this is the sort of idea i would cook up <laughs> for a band and it would it would be a bad idea the way i would implement it but she's made it work yeah. it's like a totally home done setup She's got like door hinges attached to her bass guitar. Like go watch the reverb video. It's wild. It, she has this jazz bass with door hinges attached to it. And then this like MIDI controller uh -huh. keyboard attaches to it at an angle like off of the bass. So she can play bass guitar and bass keys. Yeah. Without having the, like a keyboard stand on the, stage. The way her. she explains it is like very like no duh of course i do this because i don't want to have to like be tied down to having this separate little keyboard stand right like now i can walk wherever i want and just do this thing it's obvious yeah duh. but you're right this is kind of like when you tried to mount a microphone to a stratocaster <laughs> and we literally spent like hours staring at it trying to figure out how exactly uh, what the best way to gooseneck a microphone onto a freaking guitar was. <laughs> but this actually works because a microphone doesn't work because it picked up the vibrations yeah, of the guitar. Yeah, this also works because she's smart and you're an idiot. <laughs> Why didn't you ever want to have a keyboard on your bass guitar when we were dancing? Because I don't together? know how to play keyboard. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Why didn't you learn, Steve? We could have been so cool. Yeah. Yeah. We had a drummer that wanted to play keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a bad sign when your drummer wants to play a different instrument. <laughs> Maybe it's time for your band to wrap up. Uh, but this was this was really cool. And uh, like I said, I, I think the fun thing in the video uh, that she made is just the fact that she's so matter of fact. Right. About like, it's like yeah, well, this is what I do. Deal with well, it. Well, I've got a jazz bass. And I've got a synthesizer and I was like, 
bling. <laughs> I put them together. You got synthesizer on my bass guitar. <laughs> Pineapple pen. <laughs> I have a bass. I have a synth. I have a bass synth. That was weird. It doesn't work, does it? No. Sorry. No, it I just ruined this show. Um, I will say, and we'll probably talk about it more later. Um, the Grammys are a really fun watch this year. I usually don't um, watch them because I always get the impression that it's going to be like long and boring like the Oscars. It it was long. It was like three and a half hours. Uh-huh. But they had a lot of performances. I don't mm. know if the, I felt like they had more performances than they normally do. I feel like it should be all performances. Like the award should be given out like in between songs as like bands are right. stripping down their stuff. And like the, the MC comes out like, oh, that was this band. Here's an award for this person that won. And they throw it out to the audience. And then the, the next band comes. It should feel like a real show instead yeah. of like a big, you know, like what to do sort of like event. Like I want it to feel like a gritty, like all ages show. And then oh I'll watch gosh. then I'll watch the, the Grammys. It's, you know? it's like a bait and switch. You turn you tuned in for like a festival style concert where everyone's doing three songs and in between. That's like three songs, and then in between, someone's like, and record of the year goes to <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, as soon as that guy walks on, everyone starts booing because they just want the next band to yeah, play. Bring on the next band, <laughs> shut, shut, up. shut up, get off the stage, <laughs> go get me a pizza. Like, I want to see someone try to stave dive. <laughs> in the middle of the Grammys. <laughs> uh, I want them to shoot t shirts in the audience, you know, right. It, it definitely it, it had a very different like the the performances had like a weird because there's like no audience because it's covid yeah uh, they were covid performances and the awards part was like a garden party like there were all these little uh they were in like a little outdoor reminded me of SeaWorld, like the mm. food area at sea world where there's like the canopies right right and I know exactly what you mean because I've been to our local SeaWorld. People who have not been to our local SeaWorld have I'm no sure idea like what you're talking any about. Any theme park has, you know, these food areas where they have canopies and like a small stage for like right. performances and everyone's at the table. Like gazebo you're, chic. Yeah. You're at Disneyland and you're like, oh, the little girl killed Darth Vader. Hooray. <laughs> like, like that kind of vibe. Right. right. Like know? an outdoor performance area. And they're all like spread out. But the, well, the performances were indoors, but right. the, the uh, Trevor, well, I'm saying the, outdoor the presentation was, like was outdoor. Um, but yeah, this was, there were a lot of, uh, there were a lot of cool performances. I watched the Grammys. I, I, I watched it from like, the one hour mark to the end, and then I watch the first hour on the repeat because they they show it twice in a row. I think someone's got to take this concept and run with it, like Korg or Moog or, or what is it, another company, like Alesis or something like that. They need to come out with a keyboard that is the exact right size to fit onto a pick guard. Because she's, she's a small keyboard but i still right. i feel like there could be a smaller one like you know those little casio oh my battery powered keyboards yeah. like that would be closer had, to the right I size those. i think everyone every i feel like every kid born from probably 1979 to 1986 <laughs> owned some kind of casio keyboard and you don't this is like a two octave keyboard i feel like you don't need two full octaves you only need like one if you're just doing simple bass lines right 
Um. It, well, in the video, she uses the full range. All right. Right. She has bass parts on one section, and then when she's playing, um, like traditional synthesizer lines, so mm-hmm. bass synth is like. Um, in fact, actually, one of the ones she plays in the video is the uh, the synthesizer intro to "Against All Odds." Phil Collins. That I don't know. I can't make that sound. <laughs> Uh, but then she's also like, oh, if you wanted to, if you're doing like an all 80s cover, so. Steve was just throwing his phone around. Dropped my phone. Uh, and like, oh, here's aha. So you're going to play the Phil Collins low part over here. And then the do 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 on the higher notes. Oh, okay. So you need that range, man. To this, this size keyboard's like this, like. You're saying it's two octaves, but even those Casios were were two octaves. But I'm saying it could be smaller. They're just tiny keys. Do right. you want tiny keys? I want tiny keys. You got sausage fingers, man. You're gonna play like four keys at a time. It could be done with like accordion style buttons instead okay. of full sized keys, and it could be built into nobody the wants to play. Accordion sucks. How dare you talk trash about accordion, Steve? You know I love accordions. <laughs> 60 Cycle Home, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, trashing accordions podcast. I actually own a, an accordion. I know. I don't know how to play it. It's got too many buttons. <laughs> and it's I really, want a synthesizer with accordion buttons. Do you know how to play accordion? No. It's really big. Accordions are so big. It's very unruly to try to play an accordion. Accordion to my friends who play the accordion. It's, it's a really interesting Oh, come instrument. on. i but i really like this person's attitude i had a great time watching her videos i want to well watching this video i want to track down more stuff with her because that's just fun energy yeah yeah and look at this space that she's like filming in there's guitars everywhere and posters everywhere you think that's her little studio space yes covid time covid times dude she filmed herself at home i'm assuming Unless she went to, are these all? Are these all artists? Are these maybe these are all tours that she's played on? All these. Maybe. I'm looking at these posters. Maybe it's wrong for me to assume that this is her house, but I just get that impression that this is her space. I would believe. Well, uh, so the poster directly, not directly behind her, but the one behind her, behind her base, um, is also another Marin Morris mm. uh, poster. Yeah. No, I think this is her her place. And maybe it's a practice space or something mm. like that, or the studio or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about her. I, but obviously, I think to from the little bit that uh, I've watched, I dig her tude. I dig the way she approaches things. I dig her. Yeah, her adapting instruments in a fun way and just like deal with it kind of attitude towards it. I'm a fan. Only one little video and one performance. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to know more about this person. This is too cool. Yeah. I feel like you got to be, uh, you, oh, she was from, uh, she's, she went to Berkeley. Of course Berkeley she did. College of Music. That's where she learned how to do this. How to, yeah. how to attach uh, door hinges to bass guitars. You think Tyler knows her? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe don't, Tyler will hit her up. I don't know who Tyler knows. Well, isn't didn't John Mayer go to Berkeley too? Why are John, we talking? John Mayer did go to Berkeley. Why are we talking about Berkeley so much? I don't know. Why College are, sucks. Why are you talking about Berkeley? <laughs> All right, what's new, man? Um, I 
I don't know. I don't know what I was going to talk about for this part. I never, I never took a note. Also, uh, you're doing the show out of order, so that's Sorry. not helpful. Um, do we want to do an ad first, then? No, it's too late. I wrote the note down that we're doing what's new right now. Uh, what's new with you, man? I've got a box here with a pedal in it that someone sent me. Sorry, I can't remember your name. They, they were messaging me on Instagram. This is the manual. It is like a full-sized manual here. It is the craziest looking pedal. I still haven't plugged it in. He said that he built five of these. He sent one to Josh Scott, mm -hmm. one to me. And Their the name is Brandon Shock. Brandon Shock. I still have no idea what it is, but it sounds like it's some sort of crazy modulation. I need to plug this thing in and well, try it. Well, you need to soon. read the manual. I you, need to read the manual. manual. I don't know. You know, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, you're like, I don't know what it is. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. It's got a big joystick like, here. You're like, I was like, well, is it like a fuzz? Was it the um, the one uh, walrus pedal? The Janus. The Janus. Wasn't it like a fuzz verb or something? It was a fuzz tremolo. Fuzz tremolo. So I was thinking it was something like that. And you're like, oh, I don't know, man. He wouldn't tell me what it is. There's a manual. But I haven't had time. I just got this in the mail. I haven't had time to even look at the manual yet. More confirmation that Ryan doesn't know how to read. I know how to read a little bit, okay? <laughs> it is a coarse phaser, a flanger delay with octave mixer, and a coarse modulated delay and tremolo. All right? The controls are gain, mix, volume, volume, sorrow, time, lost, aeons, chaos, stars, space, and joy. I mean, it's obvious, obvious. what it is. <laughs> it look, hand me that thing. Let me see that thing. I'm, is, I'm super excited. This thing to is so pretty. I kind of want to wait to explore it until I press record on a video. You know, I don't want to. I want to be surprised by it. No, you should do that. You should. Uh, you should do it. I mean, obviously, it's not an unboxing now because we're looking at. Yeah, it, I've already but, unboxed it. But you can still treat it like an unboxing. Well, like I, you can, it'll be a first experience. Exactly, first yeah. impressions. I think. Uh, I think short of it just not working, which I'm not saying it's not going to work. I, I'm sure it works. Right. I'm saying short of it not working because of something that maybe happened in shipping. I think you're going to lose your mind demoing this pedal. Like I'm actually going to like crack under the pressure of this it pedal. It just looks so cool and it's got so much going on. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think you're going to make crazy spaceship sounds with it. And I think you're going to love it, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for your vote of confidence yeah. in this pedal that we know almost nothing it looks, about. It looks cool. And like all of the different effects that it will do um, all sound really fun and modulating because that's what they are. They're modulating. Um, and I, I think like those the the having the joystick um, just gives you so much. Uh, expression. Free, expression, freedom yeah. to do different things. I guess the problem that some people have with them is is like once you have a setting, it's really oh, hard good to, luck. It's really hard to get the same setting twice. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the, Jan the Janus, when you mess with it, is like you turn it on and then like you're supposed to sit there and just like, yeah, you know, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, do you have anything new, Steve? I don't know. I probably should, but I don't. Oh, someone commented a while ago that uh, I should drink coffee when I'm on the show to help me focus. So here I am. I'm drinking this coffee. Yeah, drinking coffee liqueur. liqueur. 
That's coffee. It's cold brew coffee liqueur. <laughs> I think that stuff was making your mouth sound sticky last episode. Oh, please don't. Jeez. Between last episode and this episode, we're not going to have any listeners left. We have <laughs> listeners? People listen to this? Yeah, we haven't just been doing this for ourselves I for seven I years. I should joke about that. We actually, thanks to everyone who listens Yeah, we to actually show. have really decent listenership, and that's thanks to you, the listeners. Yeah, so thank you. brought to you by the listeners. Yeah. And speaking of the listeners, you got anything else? No, we don't. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Big Ear Pedals. Makers of the low AF. Karen and Grant say hello, and they made the... This is the loaf. It's named after the thing that bunnies do, where they're like... They they curl up into a cute little loaf. But I think cats, it means... Cats do it too. Low as F, because this sounds great. Low F. With like baritone, extended range, low tuned instruments, your drop Ds and stuff like that. It's just works with your maybe thick, it's like a camera setting like it's low, low aperture focus focus <laughs> low autofocus low autofocus <laughs> so when your autofocus doesn't really work that good right right <laughs> we've got a really low autofocus situation right now yeah, I, what does that mean i don't know, I don't know. So uh, yeah, go huge, check them out. Bigearpedals.com. Yep. Yeah, uh, they've been longtime supporters of what we do over here. They're good friends of ours. Go check out Big Ear Pedals. They make cool stuff that you're going to love. And it's going to make your whole life feel better and brighter because they're good people making good stuff. That's my new pitch for them. Good people making good stuff. And they yeah. like rabbits and animals. You ready to hit this first ad? Yeah, I am. This first ad was sent to us by Matt Hadley. It is for a mutilated kit. Yeah, it's in Vic. It's in Castle, Maine. Vic. Shouldn't it be Ca is Castle, Maine? Castle, Maine. Is that where Simon Belmont lives? I have no idea what words you're even saying right Castle, now. Castle, Maine. So what it says, Castle, Maine. Castle, Maine. Adapted from a telly kit, I have been experimenting with this new body shape, standing, etc. Does not, that mean he's made more than one of these? Not a shop built feel at all, but something more unique. Set up. Sounds fine. Good to go. All I'm saying is this is in Castle, Maine, which sounds like Castlemania, which sounds like Castlevania. You think it's a which vampire is based guitar. On Transylvania, uh, where the villain in Castlevania's name was Alucard, which is of course the opposite of Dracula. This guitar will turn you into a vampire. That was quite the journey, Steve. <laughs> My question is, you're you're a man of science, Steve. You understand experiments. I am a scientist. He says that this is an experiment he's been doing uh -huh. with body shapes. Yes. Um, it's a new body shape. Uh, no, sir. This is a mangled Telecaster. What do you think the results of his, of his experiments are? Uh, do you think he went through the correct scientific process with this experiment? I'd like to think that there are, if this is an experiment, of course, the whole thing with experiments uh, with validated science. Did is, you think he had a hypothesis and like... Is, yeah. First of all, he formed a hypothesis. He, des he designed an experiment and then he said... Or no, he an had he an had experiment was done he had to a, destroy a guitar and make it yeah. so ugly. He had a set of parameters. The starting parameter set was Telecaster, and then he said, "What if I parameter one brought in the body at the waist to make it sharper? Parameter two carved 
the up like there what i have to imagine is is a telecaster is the control body what if i introduced ugly into the scenario <laughs> uh, the telecaster is the control body right and right. then in order like if you look at every modification between this and a telecaster body uh for those of you who who don't recall uh i will show you thank you for uh grabbing the control for us steve you're, you're looking for the jennings back there i'm assuming There it is. This is what a proper Telecaster body should look like. So in order for this to be a validated experiment, uh, every modification, so there's a upper horn modification, there's a or upper up lower horn modification, upper bout modification, waist modification, uh, there's a, a lower bout modification. He rounded out this area here. Yeah, there's that modification. He basically cut there's a, a new outside there's shape. A, well, the Jennings is a different headstock. Right. So that, that one you can't really look no, at. No, he cut a more pronounced bulb into so the headstock. So that's one, two, three, four, at least five versions of this body, plus this one, which is all modifications <laughs> in one body. So there are at least seven of these in order for it to be a true validated experiment. That's assuming full factorial design to this experiment. I'm sorry. I he could have used a partial factorial where he kind of combines different elements and, and makes some assumptions about uh, 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 parameter factor factor interactions. I'm sorry that I initiated this. <laughs> I'm sorry for what I've done. Um, I don't think there's any part. Well, you you didn't. You didn't, right? And and really, actually, I say you know the. That's each factor looked at individually plus all factors. But really for this to be truly like a well-rounded experiment, there needs to be a version that has the tight waist modified upper bout, but the original telly bottom. So one, two, three, four, five, uh, at least two versions. There's at least 25 of, oh, plus the headstock. There's at least 36 of these. Oh my God. For, if this, is, if a, if if this a, is a true experiment, if it's a full factorial, like I said, he could have used an optimized one in order to get the number of, of, uh, guitars down. If Steve had a tail right now, it would be wagging. He is so happy right now to be doing science talk. Uh, I'd say that the result of this experience of this experiment is that, uh, he has failed at producing a more, aesthetically pleasing telecaster. He I just want to know um, what software is he going to use to analyze the results <laughs> of this study? Is he going to publish a, a peer reviewed study yeah. after this? Yeah. What journal is this going to be? in? <laughs> uh, I would agree this. Uh, this is rough. It's just got like, it's, it's, I think that I think the bad stain job on it hurts me more than the bad shape. Like <laughs> if this if this was a bright color, right. I'd be like, "Whoa, this is wacky." But because it looks like like a really bad stain job where, you know, this is what I've done when I've tried to stain a guitar and been like, "Well, I guess I don't know what I'm doing. I guess I suck at woodworking." <laughs> like that's this experience. Like but if it was a bright like pastel color, right. And I and then I'd just think it was you know, eccentric. It's just got a lot of elements that are tough. 
Um, no, there's nothing tough about this guitar. This is not a tough boy's guitar, Steve. Uh, <laughs> the 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 um, lower the lower upper arm the lower arm um, is kind of the, has this like non reverse firebird thing going on. Yeah, which by itself is kind of cool. And actually, I think that that combined with um, the the way the upper bout is done kind of gives me Schecter Tempest vibes. You know what? If you smooth out that deep, deep cut on the upper edge there, it's not too far from like a Talman sort of concept. Yeah, I, and I think that's the problem is is the way I look at it is if it was like that. Right. I think that that works better. Does it work all the way? I, I don't know. I, I have to see it. But I think the fact that the, the upper and lower parts of the body aren't symmetrical aren't even close to symmetrical right uh it's kind of got like melted fernandez vertigo vibes sure sure and that's the problem is i i want if it was closer to a vertigo i'm not saying it has to be just like a vertigo um but i think it looks a little too melted i'm basically body shaming this guitar sorry <laughs> Sorry, guitar. Damn it, Steve. Now we're going to be canceled. Ugh. The headstock, I see what they're going for. I'm already not a fan of Telecaster headstocks in general. Headstocks are always hard. Headstock, headstocks are hard, Steve. That's true. Uh, the pronounced bulb on this, there's something kind of psychedelic about it, but I'm, I'm not digging it. I'm not digging the yeah, shape. I'm not. I'm not a fan of this. It, they want 220 Australian dollars. I don't know why I did that. Either do I. Is this in Australia? I thought oh Castle yeah, Castle in, Maine Castle is in Maine, Australia. Victoria. So two twenty times uh time two twenty is a hundred and seventy US dollars. I mean it's not insane. And, you know, I understand that guitars can be kind of expensive down there, so someone's probably gonna grab this and make the best of it. But that's probably more than the kit cost. This guy has spent six thousand one hundred and twenty dollars on these on this experiment. On this experiment. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you think this kit started out in American? We, we, um, we don't probably know. Probably like one hundred and fifty, maybe one one forty, one fifty. This is probably like one of those Naga kits or something. Yeah, because it looks like not Saga. Saga's I think right, is the right. brand. Naga is the animal that they harvest Naga hide from. <laughs> you don't know about that? No. So what? there's a there's a lizard that lives in the southwest. Shut up. And this it, isn't real. It sheds its skin, uh, and people figured out a way to harvest the skin and 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 sandwich it and glue it into Naga hide, and that's where Naga hide comes no, from. No, it's not. This is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> It's an old this it's an old meme, sir, but it I've checks out. I've never heard this before. I've never even heard of this meme. It's not really it's it's like pre-internet, like old wives tale. Like. Oh, this is that was their advertising campaign. Oh, was it? Yeah, the Naga it says the marketing campaign of the sixties and seventies asserted humorously that a Naga hide was obtained from the skin of an animal called a Naga. Uh Nagas shed their skin with uh, and they uh it says Unlike other animals that have to be slaughtered, Nagas can shed their skin. There actually is a Naga doll. Now you're gonna. Oh, that looks fun. Yeah, 
and that was it said the naga is ugly but this vinyl hide is beautiful well anyone who owned anything made out of naga hide will say no your naga hide chair is not beautiful <laughs> are you saying this child is this chair is naga beautiful one yes that's what i'm saying <laughs> most people would much prefer a fabric chair over <laughs> naga hide i mean leather can already be sticky you turn it into plastic and like ooh, <laughs> yeah it's a tough yeah. situation i we used to have some naga hide furniture around when i was a kid so maybe i'm just scarred from that i don't know if we ever had that we had some stools that were wrapped in naga hide gross yeah you hope you flushed them oh come on a poop joke steve <laughs> really we're doing poop Boom. jokes now i did it what's next what do we do next on the show uh, well because you did the show out of order we're now doing back-to-back ads oh thanks ryan this is a <laughs> metal paul this was sent to us by andy harper not metal paul it's a metal paul but it's said by andy harper admittedly and not for everyone metal paul is short for metal Me- paulbert metal <laughs> metallica paulbert uh this is a one-of-a-kind guitar the les patina began as a second-hand Epiphone i like les that paul. name yeah. les patina that's fun uh les paul center that i had held on to for years uh, missing all the original electronics. No kidding. Uh, showing many unflattering signs of wear and tear. I decided to try something different and the results were phenomenal. Uh, leaving the center line okay. intact out to an inch behind the bridge, 40, 50% of the body's mass was routed out into a large chamber and capped with hand formed 18 gauge steel. I'm glad he told us how many gauges that steel is. Uh, the steel I covering wondered. a lot of words, the patina, on all the steel parts is actual rust patina that has been neutralized, chemically cleaned, and covered in many coats of clear. The sides, rear of the body, and neck have been refinished in dark bronze metallic finish. The humbuckers are Duncan Invaders. They're not even real invaders. They're Duncan Invader style. Wow. Oh. Incredibly loud, yet surprisingly bright. Isn't that how, isn't that uh, basically what invaders can, are? Can you really tell the difference between a real invader and an invader knockoff? If it's the same kind of output, is you're just smashing your signal with the brightest, like highest output pickup Ooh, you could find. The original location of the pickup selector has been retrofitted with a momentary switch that cuts signal to the amplifier when pressed. I do like the look of that. That momentary switch. Yeah. It's cool. That looks cool. Uh, professional setup, blah, blah. Tuning. Tune, who cares? This is details. I'm not reading that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tapping out on the big block of text. Did he say what it started out as? What Epif- brand? So it was an Epiphone Les Paul standard. Okay. So he, he modified the headstock quite a bit, which I appreciate. I, I appreciate. haven't been able to get the headstock pictures to load. It's right here. Oh, that looks really good. That yeah. looks better than the real headstock. Yeah, it's not bad. And he's he's punched uh, his lettering into it. Can't actually read what it says. Um, I can't tell. It's upside down. It says metal works. Something metal works. Yeah. I don't. I think this is a decent like home theming job. I think it says master metal works. Um, did you not, did, do we not have a price for this? No, I don't think we do. You know, I thought this was dumb. Depending on the price, this might not be that dumb. Yeah, I wish I knew the price. 
I can't believe I missed that detail as far as screen grabbing the price. Oh, Ryan. Maybe there wasn't a price where I was seeing Ryan. it. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Oh. 601 pounds okay, and 67 why is, cents. Why are all of your prices in Europe? I don't know. This is an organ. Mastiff. I don't know. It's not master. It's Mastiff Metalworks. Maybe the person who posted the link is in Europe. Yeah, that's possible. Right. That's what happened. Is it me or is one of those pickups crooked? Uh, Yeah, it does definitely look like one of them is crooked. I mean, they're freaking Invader pickups. It doesn't matter. No, but aesthetically, you know, you yeah. want everything to be straight just for looks. No, I think I think this guy did a really fun home oh, job. This is this is okay. So the, here's the, where I probably run into a problem: is this converts to eight hundred U.S. dollars? It's too expensive. I don't think I'd go north of four. I mean, a home. Uh, this is the thing we always do. Oh, let's just cut the price in half. Uh, but it, you know, it, it's a it's it's a home done thing. Like. It's an Epiphone underneath there. Like is this the value of this guitar is the value of the playability of the Epiphone. Yeah. And you're unless this guy has some sort of like like credentials where it's like, oh yeah, this is a sought after modification by a sought after artist that does this, you can't expect an upcharge right. on your personal instrument modification that you did. I, I'm not. I'm not willing to say what it would be worth. I'm gonna say I wouldn't pay mm -hmm. what he's asking for this, but I wouldn't buy this guitar anyways because it's not themed in a way that I like for myself. But it to me, it looks like he did a fun job, and I think he should just keep it and enjoy. He also his work. apparently makes some uh, like uh, says they're sloped console enclosures, but they kind of look like they should be pedal boards. <laughs> I guess they're designed. I don't. It just says console. Huh. Uh, so oh yeah, like but, but it's like a console, but it, it, they're metal, so it's like a metal pedal board looks that like he looks does like a seventies console. Some general like metal work sort yeah. of stuff. I like. I like for the most part. I'd say this is like ninety percent cool. Um, which is I did not think when I first looked at the first couple pictures that I would say that this is ninety percent cool. I agree with you that 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 uh, the pickup mount being a little off center is a uh, is a little tough. Um, this and to be fair, like eight hundred eight hundred dollars, I think is too much. Do you think he bothered grounding the bridge on this, or you <laughs> uh, eight hundred dollars is is too much? I think, but the other side of that is what are what's a trusser? Yeah, like but the, those grand? those are done so much cleaner than this. Like this is a fun home done theme job. The trusters are done meticulously clean. Yeah, and I'm not, they're they're rusty. They they go for a rusty look, but the metal work is so clean on those compared a to this. Trusser is f over four thousand dollars. Right, but those those are much closer to like a work of art versus this being a home themed guitar. Uh, I think my biggest problem with this sort of thing, whenever we see it, is screws on the edge of a guitar. Right. And these screws look sharp. Yeah. It's a it's a Phillips. No, it's not Phillips. It's a, it's it's a, a flathead it's screw. It's a standard. It's a standard flathead screw, and they're. It looks like, it looks like they're gonna rub your skin raw. Yeah. The way they're sticking out, they look sharp. This thing looks like tetanus. You gotta use rivets. Rivets? For, no, you do. You like he's. You know they're screwed in. 
Yeah. You could instead do rivet style nails and hammer them in. Yeah. Honestly, this thing shouldn't be floating completely underneath the strain of the screws anyways. They sh it should be glued down to the body to be secure. Uh, it should be welded. Obviously. You can't weld metal to wood, Steve. At least I don't think you can. You could if you were. Tell an us, tell us in the comments. Can you meld metal to wood? You could if you're an alchemist. Oh yeah, bring in an alchemist, make mm -hmm. a turn lead into gold. I yeah. see where we're going mm -hmm. here. Turn wood into solder. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I guess you. No, I think you're right, and I think probably. Uh, the solution to that would be to, is it called counter? Is it countersunk? Is that the term I'm looking for? Yeah, probably. Like you, where you like drill the bevel. Right, right. And so then the, the screw's sitting there. Yeah. Little. So, uh, and I'm sure that's, that's tougher, but I, I definitely would agree. And I, I think, uh, or like and, the, and the, I think the, we the flat top screws with, you know, like a hex bolt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's not like multiple sharp edges sticking out. Right. So, uh, so you'd either need a hex. If you used a hex or a Phillips head, you know, uh, who, you know who else uses hexes? Uh, Scarlet, Scarlet, Witch. alchemists and wizards and witches. And uh, Wanda. Are we going to yeah. talk about WandaVision? If you we want, haven't talked about WandaVision. At if all. you want to talk about WandaVision, we can talk about WandaVision. Steve. Spoilers. Spoilers. That's been over for weeks now. No. <laughs> tomorrow is tomorrow when uh is tomorrow uh, No, because this episode comes out in like a week and a half, dude. Winter, oh yeah. So it's already out. Whatever the, the new Marvel winter, thing winter is. Winter Soldier and uh <laughs> Oh my gosh. I can't wait until he turns into the spring soldier. It'll, it'll be winter so much soldier and the Fal Falcon and Winter Soldier. He'll be so winter much soldier cheerier Falcon. when he becomes the hey, spring Ryan, soldier. I got a question for you. Uh -huh. I got a, a political question for Play you. Play it on me, man. Um, you are diabetic. <laughs> How is this going to be political? Yes, uh, I, I have the, I have the diabetes. When you and and you're Christian. Uh oh. Uh, here we go. We're bringing religion and diabetes into this. When you uh huh uh are your sugar is spiking? Is it sugar? Sugar is spiking. Right, right. You know, and so you're feeling kind of woozy. <laughs> You're not really, you're like, oh, I need to, I need to get my meds or whatever. I don't know how it works. Yeah. You don't at all. I you can don't, tell. You don't, uh, <laughs> what is that? What it is like your sugar will spike? Like I'm, I'm asymptomatic. I never would have known that I'm oh, diabetic okay. without being tested. So like you just, if you just didn't eat for a day, you wouldn't like, you wouldn't. Okay. Well, that's not helpful. Uh, basically there's what I was, where I was going is there's this guy, uh, who made national headlines for being super racist. Okay. And they were like, why were you so racist? And he was like, I'm diabetic. What? His response was that his sugar was spiking. And so he felt disoriented and didn't know where he was. And when this happens, he just says crazy stuff. No, I've never become racist <laughs> because I skipped a meal. Like <laughs> that's, that's basically what he said. He's like, I needed a Snickers. So I said racist stuff. <laughs> well, some Snickers do have racist things printed on them. <laughs> like hungry, why wait? <laughs> that would be bomb. You know, if Snickers was running that campaign in previous generations, you know, there would have been terrible things oh written gosh. on them. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I, I, where is this going? What are you, what are you, what are you talking about? It's not about? going anywhere. I just figured we were done talking about metal Paul. We are done talking about and metal. So Paul. I just wanted to ask you about your diabetes. 
No, it's never uh, made my diabetes has never made me racist. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so, for asking. So do you think this is this guy has like a point, or do you think it's like I think he's saying that he was grungry? Yeah. And he's that's not he's an grungry. That's not an excuse. And for he's saying that being like because I, I I have heard like you can get like, you know, you always see it in TV where like someone's like they gotta get their they their though it's usually like low blood sugar or whatever, right? They're like, oh, I haven't eaten in so long. And so they start like falling down and they're like, I forget what, what the hell was I watching? There's a movie. Yeah. If you've got low blood sugar, you can start to pass out. Yeah. Worth if you go, if your blood sugar goes too high, then you can get in real big trouble. Yeah. Too. There, there's a movie where like someone has low blood sugar and it's a comedy and they're like, they're like, uh, oh my gosh. I said Paul Blart where he like falls down and he pulls on. You never watched any of those I never movies? watched Paul Blart. There's some movie where this guy's diabetic and uh, he falls down because he's low blood sugar. I think it's Paul, Bl- Paul Blart mall cop. And he sees a, 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 a piece of candy on like the other side of the room. And in order to get it, he has to like throw a roll of toilet paper at it and then drag it across the, but it's all covered in like lint. Cause it's just a sucker that's been on the floor anyway. And then he licks it and it gives him superpowers. That's how diabetes works. Uh, um speaking of i have no idea where steve is headed speaking of malls any of this speaking of malls the mall of america is in minnesota you know what else is in minnesota right what chase plus pedals they make pedals more creative than you are more creative than that segue that i just made way more creative (laughs) we've got We've got twin uh, uh, Bliss factories here. I've got a silver one. Steve has a black one. Yeah, very cool. Brian My serial number the- is 198. My serial number is 1,157. You can now uh, fra- you can now uh, blackmail us with our serial number. Blackmail? No, you can do some sort of uh, clone. You can or- defraud us. You can, <laughs> you can claim that uh, we stole these from you. I can tell that I've played mine a lot more than yours because my dip switches are all messed with. Yeah, mine are all off. Yeah, except for one that's not. Um, but these are pedals that they made uh, in two limited runs. They might make a third one Hopefully later this they year. Make a third we don't one. know. Um, but if you want to check out these super uh, flexible pedals, the Bliss Factory is is limited. But there's lots of other pedals like the Dark World Reverb, the Tonal Recall Delay. I'm a big fan of the Therme. Uh, the Therme. I'm making mouth noises again. Yes, Sorry. You are. Stop slurping and, and smacking those lips, Steve. You keep smacking those supple lips. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh, huge thanks to Chase Lips Audio for once again making this programming possible this tight tight show here oh man what what a slick show we run over here at 60 yeah. cycle home it's all thanks to sponsors like chase bliss audio big ear pedals and of course our patreon so huge thanks to chase bliss pedals they make pedals more creative than you are certainly better looking than yeah, you are head on i've, over, see, head I've on. seen your pictures i know these oh are gosh, better looking still than you going. are head on over to chaseblissaudio.com with the digital brain and an analog heart chase bliss audio go check them out all right uh let's do an album review you want to do an album? let's do an album review uh this week's album review we're going to talk about the uh black pumas uh self-titled album i think i guess so i didn't know anything about this band apparently they were nominated for this album was nominated for album of the year that's really i think all you need to know about big old deal 
Did they win anything? They did not. They did well, not. I don't know if they won anything, but they didn't win album of the year. Sure. I didn't know anything about them. I still know almost nothing, but I do know that this album is rad. Oh, it's so good. I like, I usually sit there and take notes and like criticize everything. And I yeah. just kind of turned it on and like sunk into my seat and just soaked it up. And I was like, wow, yeah, I like this a lot. It's, it's like, it's a complete like nostalgia piece. Like it milks this like soul nostalgia that you didn't even know that you had. Like you could take this album, any song off of it and drop it into a period piece movie for like the late sixties, early seventies, something like that. Kind of like Al Green era mm-hmm, soul. Mm-hmm. And you would think it was of that time, yeah. but it doesn't sound like it's trying to be any one song. It's like, Oh, here's a bunch of songs you didn't know existed that sound perfect for this era. I thought it flowed together really well. It does. Um, it doesn't feel one of the things that, that, um, so I tried listening to a couple of the other, uh, popular Neo soul. I don't know if you call it Neo soul, but a kind of artist funk funk is a kind of a popular thing too right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Try to listen to some of the other popular artists. Uh, I mean, and I just kind of get into it. And I think some of it is because I'm really big on vocals. I really liked, I really uh, enjoyed the vocals on this album. Oh, the vocals were spot on. So good. Um, the guitar work is, is the right amount of guitar work. It's not like, Oh, it's some, tasteful. Some, it's some of the other, tasteful. some of the other bands I've heard that uh, do this style of music where there isn't a vocalist it's almost like too much guitar and you're like, okay, we get it. You're good. Uh, this one is like, it's like a lot of, uh, a lot of like electric piano driven stuff. And then you're like, oh yeah, this is cool. Mm-mm. And then the guitar just comes in out of nowhere. You're like, there, wait, there wasn't a guitar here two minutes ago. And then it just comes in. It's like, right. No, everything about every track is, is tasteful and perfectly balanced. Like it just all works. It's super, super good. I'm, I'm really impressed with the whole thing. I, I honestly wish I had this on vinyl and it would be one of those records that I throw on when I'm having a really chill, like Saturday morning breakfast sort of thing. Like, okay, I put on the record. I I mix some pancake mix. The family starts coming down. I squeeze some orange juice. The sun's coming through the window. And it's just like the perfect like mood setter for like the beginning of a really nice weekend. I'm going to buy this for you on vinyl. And then I'm going to bring it over here and you're going to cook me. I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, Don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) That would be fantastic. I I pulled this. It's actually funny. So, um, you know, we kind of have a little bit of a Grammys theme here. I guess so. And originally, uh, I w- I wanted to just do. I was like, oh, let's listen to the album of the year. Let's let's think about uh, the music of 2020. This album actually came out in 2019, but whatever. Sure. Uh, it was on the 2021, uh, the 2020 nomination uh, timeline. Uh, the problem, problem, air quotes, I guess, is. Uh, the winner for album of the year uh, for the 2020 calendar year, so the the 2021 Grammys, uh, was Taylor Swift's Folklore. Oh. And, and I 
Well, we just did Taylor Swift. Yeah, I was like, we just did, we just did Taylor Swift. So, <laughs> oh well. Uh, Sorry, Taylor. We didn't talk about you again. Yeah, uh, but um, and they performed uh, their single "Colors" on the Grammys. You should check that out. They did a live I'll performance. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. I'll listen to it again. My daughter didn't like it, but she doesn't like anything. My wife texted me today and said that. She had, I don't know if she was, they were just listening to music or maybe, oh, it was probably on the radio. And um, a Maroon 5 song came on and it was followed by a Michael Jackson song. And my daughter said that she liked Maroon 5 more than Michael Jackson. I think I'm going to have to get You need a to get new a new kid. daughter. Time to get a new daughter. New kid. Swap her out. And uh, my wife was like, well, you know, Maroon 5 is borrowing like a lot of Michael Jackson uh, things for their song, like a lot of the vibes and whatever. And there's no hope. There's no hope for future generations. My daughter's response was like, yeah, but they did it better. (laughs) I was like, I was like, get rid of her. She's she's done. She's not a family anymore. (laughs) Drop her off at the firehouse. Yeah. Yeah. So your wife is telling you this story and you're looking around like, where, where is she, by the way? Oh, after that, I just kicked her out of the car. It's yeah. like, tuck just, and roll, honey. Have just, a nice life. Just pulled over to the center median on the five. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Black, like burn rubber out of there. I had been hearing about Black Kumas really only because of this Grammy cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I finally checked them out and I realized I'm glad you did. I realized uh, that their one single, like I, I don't know if I've heard on the radio or if I've heard on TV or what. Um, now I've, but, I've heard that, uh, you know, it's become a thing that younger generations are listening to a lot of older music on, you know, their Spotify's and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because that's you got your Spotify's, your Pandora's. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Your iTunes, your uh, your uh, Groove Tracks, <laughs> your TikTok, your Bandcamps. Yeah. Uh, but my question with this, because it is so perfectly capturing an era of music, uh-huh. without being like a lampoon of it, without right. being like, oh, this song is trying to sound like that song or this song. Mm-hmm. Um. Is there a, is there something smart about that? Or if you make music that fits in perfectly with an era of classic music, uh, is it smart to do that? Because then you'll get put in with that music that is already you know hitting the algorithm hard for being classic. Um, so like so like this album could like tracks from this could be put in to someone's like soul. Uh, playlist on Spotify next to you know Al Green or something like that. Maybe is Al Green who I'm thinking of. Sure, I think we'll say sure. Why not? Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. You know all your all your yeah seventies soul. You're right. uh, Bill Withers. Bill yeah. Withers. I don't know why that. Why that. I don't know. Him. Bill Withers sounds like a character from The Simpsons or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Bill Withers. Um, but uh, there the at least the guitar player is like he's older. Like he's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, it was this kind of just started as a collaboration. The singer 
basically, I guess, was like a busker in Los Angeles. Hmm. And um, I don't know how he was discovered. If it was just like a walk by or I don't really know what the story was. Uh, but but the guitar player is a producer. And so they was like, I want to work with you. And they and they made this thing. Um, just to say, like, these these at least the the producer behind this whole thing isn't young. Right. Like he's a he's at least our age, I would assume, probably older. But what do you think about my thought? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> like if if I think this kind of music and I think you have a I think there's a point to that. Um because when you take when you I take think an we're artist, both fried. Well, when you, yeah, Steve and I are both having trouble maintaining. When you take an artist like this, <laughs> our, a band like trains this, of thoughts right now, or uh, you know, someone like your uh, your you know your Volt your Wolfpex. Uh, stuff well, what's like that band that? that sounds just like Led Zeppelin? Do you think that's the strategy? Like, oh, um, I can't even remember their name. Uh, something Van something. Yeah, Greta Vaughn, Greta Van Fleet, Greta Van Fleet. That's what you, th- you think the strategy is like, oh, everyone's listening to Led Zeppelin on Spotify. If we sound like Led Zeppelin, we're going to be put in that mix. I think it's just another wave of like kids being introduced to their dad's music. And mm. and but now it's like two gener, like maybe a little kids further being introduced to their out. granddad's music at this yeah. point. So I think, you know, probably in 10 years, you're going to hate it, but we're going to have a bunch of emo bands again. <sighs> It's going to be My Chemical Romance Part 2. The flip side of that um, is, is it dangerous? Because you mentioned Greta Van Fleet. You mentioned the fact that, like, everyone says uh, they sound like Zeppelin. Well, Greta Van Fleet sounds derivative. Yeah. I wouldn't say that that these guys sound derivative. Do you think these guys don't sound derivative because you don't think they sound because they're not derivative or because you're just not as familiar with the genre? No, I'm fully familiar with the genre. I just can't come up with any names right now because my mind is right. No, I love, I grew up listening to oldies radio and listening to a lot of old soul, Mm -hmm. a lot of old Motown, a lot of old doo-wop and stuff like that. And so it was pure nostalgia to listen to this, but it was, so incredible for it to like fire up that section of my brain without mm. it being like, oh, I reference, I understand, like, oh, here's a hard reference to this song, here's a hard reference to this lick, here's a hard reference to this beat. No, it was like new, right? It was new music in that era so perfectly that, like I said, you could drop it into a, a, a a period movie and it, mm-hmm. you would not know that it wasn't right. music from that time. Right. I think there are artists doing that and maybe it does allow them to get into, um, some subsets like that, get onto playlists. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't thought super hard about, about the broader implications of it. Well, maybe you should, Steve. Maybe you maybe should I think should. about it. Okay? Maybe I should. I'll think about it and I'll get back to you. <laughs> Thank you. This last ad <laughs> is after housekeeping. Okay. <laughs> uh, housekeeping is the time of the show where... <laughs> Thanks for keeping uh, the show on track, Steve. thank everyone who supports the show. So thank you all, everyone who supports us over at patreon.com or on the through Podbean. Though at this point, honestly, I, patreon.com is probably easier. Yeah. Go straight uh, to Patreon. To work with patreon.com slash 60 cycle homecast, where for as little as $1, you can support the show. And if you sign up annually, uh, you get one month free every year. Um, I think 
Well, you get no, one that's month. How it works. You get one month free the first year. They least. charge you for eleven months. Um, so go check that out uh, at the one dollar level. We will put your name at the end of the show and we'll read it out loud. Uh, for five dollars, we'll uh, someday we'll send you a little swag pack. Whenever Ryan sends me more picks, I need uh, to order them. And for ten dollars, we got a, a couple extra bonus features. Plus, you get into the Inner Circle Facebook group if you're on Facebook, which is kind of the backstage group where. We uh, talk trash on the people that we don't like. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so if you want to talk trash about the people that you don't like with people like us, the inner circle is the place to be. <laughs> All right. This last ad was sent by Elijah Perella. Perea? Uh, I don't know. Perea. Uh, this is a vintage K that I heavily modified and improved. I First of all, I routed out much of the body mass. So the guitar is actually a hollow body now. Very light. I'd say under five pounds. The back is East Indian Rosewood and Koa. The pick guard is hand painted. The wiring and pots are new. Neck is a vintage K pancake. Doesn't look like pancakes. Uh, the bridge pickup is a Fralin hum canceling P90. Re-radius the neck. 12 inch. Frets are new. Sounds great. Will be professionally shipped in its original blonde K gig bag. No foreign bids. Uh, they want... 676 pounds. So I think that's like, again, like $850, $800, something like that. K-Fayo Hot Rod 2018 Black True Oil. I really like what whatever the heck is going on it's with a cool look. the uh, bridge pickup, though I think that might just be the pickup upside down. I don't know. I think it just has the cover removed. Um, but that being said... Um, there's a lot going on here. This guitar has been on a journey. This is no, no. I kind of love that it only has four fret dots across the entire neck. Like, oh, you don't need a fret dot on the third fret. Oh, you don't need a fret dot past the 12th. We're just going to give you four. $900 US. Jeez. I appreciate that work was done on this. Is there like a collector enough of a collector's market for these old K's that even a highly modified one would fetch that kind of price? No. And these modifications, they do not look professional at all. These are there's a real reptile dentist sort of vibe going on here. I mean, it looks functional. I, the fret work on it looks new and modern, so it probably plays decent. But man, there's a lot going on here that makes me not think that it should be commanding that sort of price. Like they just uh, call this a vintage K. I can't. You can't um, call. You can't call this an accurate representation of the original instrument anymore because it's been modified to the point where it's, it's something else now. Yeah, I'm. I'm having trouble finding the original two pickup version of this. I'm finding a bunch of of. Uh, K Vanguards. This is a four knob, two pickup Vanguard. Um, and I'm just not seeing them. Uh, but this also might be a craft, like off of like a craftsman or a, an old, I guess there's one called an old craftsman as a brand. Um, boom, there it is. 1962 old craftsman Vanguard in Sunburst. Original like, condition, different headstock. It is a different headstock. A three by not, three, but same it's logo. It's the three by three, not the not the uh, K. Because I think maybe 
Yeah, I'm not they, sure if this is the K headstock or if it's just a different Craftsman headstock. And that's for six forty nine. Six forty nine. So this is the same. You've played one of these. I don't know if you remember. This is basically Tyak had one of these. Oh, did he? Yeah, he had a K Craftsman. They are super resonant. Here's another one for seven hundred dollars. This guy's whole angle is, I got a body, I took the thing apart, I rebuilt it. Pay me two hundred dollars more. But it's not like he did an attractive job of rebuilding it. He says that he made it really light by hollowing it out. Like these guitars don't look heavy to me. Like, these guitars, from what I recall, these guitars aren't particularly heavy to begin with. Um, I didn't realize it when I was looking at my pictures, but I just saw it on your pictures. I think it's just the angle. This whole I put koa and whatever on the back of the body. Why? No, it's not like it made it pretty. It's like a patchwork, like an ugly patchwork. Yeah, you shaped, you like glued this on and then shaped it, dude. Like this isn't supposed to be here. No, none of it's attractive. I did not think I would like, and the unfortunate thing is looking at the front, the paint guard, the paint. I the, like, I like the, like I, if I saw someone playing this in like an indie folk band, I'd be, oh, that's a cool, like personalized look for your old guitar. And never in a thousand years would I be like, oh, you should sell that for more than yeah. it's worth in stock condition. No, when you do this sort of thing to your guitars, it's for you. And you have to understand that you're shaving value off of it because no one else wants the thing that you did. I think it looks cool. Mm -hmm. I think the true oil finish on it, that dark black yeah that dark finish that looks fine it looks cool like a wood grain sort of way and i and i honestly like the jackson pollock style kind of like uh like paint job on the pit guard but that doesn't mean that you've done anything to it cosmetically yeah. that's going to make anyone yeah. want to pay more than they would for the clean stock version of one of these the only thing that he's done that makes it more attractive theoretically than original one is he did a refret and I'm assuming the refretted version is going to play better because it's just gotten, you know, modern attention taken to it versus the vintage ones. But you know what? You can get one of those vintage ones that are in clean cosmetic condition and take it to someone and pay them like 250 bucks for a full refret and have them do the frets any way that you want. It's really bothering me that I can't find this head, the craftsman version with this headstock. I know it exists. Right. Uh, K Vanguards. There is this K Vanguard. Somebody's trying to sell it for nine fifty. Uh, Apparently, there is a collector's ones. market at a higher dollar value than I was expecting for the clean ones. But this does not qualify for that price. Here's point. like a project version. It just looks like it doesn't have a bridge, and they're asking for two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, uh, which that's I the K version. It's got a K. Yeah, it looks like someone tried to put a tremolo in it. I that um no in this one right here. No, I know. I, I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I'm. I'm. I don't know if it, if any of these ever came with, right? Uh, those you know, because those old K trims, uh, like this sort yeah. of trim. Like, check that out. Like, how much wood do you have to take out to fit that? I I don't know. Probably not that much. Um, and it wouldn't. The route wouldn't look at what you were just looking at. Oh, I okay. probably don't. Not even going to have that picture to put. Yeah, on that's screen. fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, all I'm saying is. They're asking $900 for this. This should not be listed for more than a reasonable listing. I would say $500. A reasonable, like, 
people are probably like the average person is going to be interested in it. I'm going to say like $400. If the current that's mar- still tough, people I, who saying, are shopping for these guitars are shopping for them because they like right the you, vintage. You quality want it intact. You don't want the Fralin version of the pickup. You want the original pickup. I think that if you can replace the pickups with something new that maybe is uh, not gonna fail. I think people won't care as long as it's cosmetically the same. I think people who are buying these instruments and valuing these instruments, they want the preserved cosmetic quality of Mm -hmm. them. They don't want something that's been personalized in this sort of way. So it's just a tough sale all around. Yeah. And again, you route, I guess that's why the back is probably east. The back is East Indian Rosewood because they route it out from the back. Right. So they route out the back. They covered it up with other wood. Do you think this person, like, they have this guitar and they're like, oh, this isn't worth anything. I'm going to have some fun experimenting with it. And then a few years later, they looked it up and realized, oh, people are trying to sell these for like 900 bucks. I want to get my cut of that. And they're just oblivious to how messed up they made this guitar. And I'm sure it, it, it probably plays fine. It probably oh, yeah, yeah. sounds, it sounds, it probably sounds just like the vintage ones, but it's such an aesthetic thing that people want the vintage aesthetic when they're buying something like this. And the thing is, it, I guess like from the front, it's kind of, it's kind of got a vintage aesthetic. It's like vintage. It's got personality. 80s. It's got character on the front. Um, like if you if you saw someone playing in a band opening for Red Pony Clock playing this guitar, you'd, sure, you'd get it. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I I just I think when so uh, again years ago, uh, Tyak had his listed. I want to say for like four fifty, four hundred, four fifty, something like that. I actually thought about. And at the time, I think that's what they about what they were going for. I thought about buying it. Oh, really? Um, it, it's just a real fun jangle fest of a guitar. But because of part of that was it doesn't need a weight reduction. No. It was already super lightweight. All those old like, department store style guitars are all featherweight. Yeah. Um, so I can't imagine even thinking like, oh, I need to do a weight reduction on that style guitar. So bizarre. We need to we need to have some sort of service that we do the, for like a consultation service when people oh when people think about modifying their guitar. Here's the thing: if you have a guitar and you're thinking about modifying it, email us, send us the pictures, sell, send us a detailed description of what you're thinking about doing, and we'll tell you on the show whether or not we think it's a good idea. New bit, guys. Modification consultation incorporated. <laughs> We'll, oh my we'll tell you if it's a good idea or not, okay? Because stuff like that, you know, every modification is a good idea if you're planning on keeping the guitar for yourself. Sure. The sure. moment that you turn it into a resale situation is when things start getting weird. You want to take a guitar and do crazy stuff to make it your own? I'm never going to tell you no. I might be a little sad if you're taking a cool guitar, you know, out of, you know, the ecology. <laughs> <laughs> out of the environment of guitars that exist out there, but it's your, it's your possession. Do what you want. It, I was just surprised. The more that I read the ad, the more frustrated I got with it. Sure. Sure. Um, 
So I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts? I don't. All right. This track was sent by Paul Crane. He said, like I said before, the band is complete radio silence. We broke up amicably. We've played one of his tracks a few weeks ago. Um, he said, for this one, I was playing a Tennessee Rose to do a classic 30. The spiky guitar was a strat into another PV, I think, and the acoustic is a Cole Clark fat lady. Uh, the long guitar was a jazz bass. Did you make up long guitar? I thought I did. Um, <laughs> it was recorded at Scar Studios in old Camden Town, sadly demolished to make more shops. All the best, Paul. This song is called... You can do it. Excuse me. I believe in it's you. It's called Fog. <laughs> like that intro.
That was wonderful. Yeah. I, I got some, like, I don't, I, I don't, not exactly the same. I got some real big Starflyer 59 vibes. I could see that. Oh. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks, Paul. If you want to submit something to the show, uh, 60cyclehomecast at gmail.com is a place. Just send us an MP3. That's the easiest way to do it. I yeah. usually play it off my phone. If you send us more than one, we just play the first one. Yeah. Or the second one. I <laughs> kind of just look at it and go, I play, usually I just play whatever has the coolest name. Oh, there you go. So, and yeah, we don't have, we don't actually sit and listen to multiple tracks. We just, Go off the fly. If legit, if you want us to play more than one song, multiple emails. Uh, send multiple emails. If you p- attach, because we'll forget, we won't be like, oh, we I'm, already played. I'm not, this. I'm not even kidding. If when it's because I, I just go by what's on red. I have a whole system. It's not a good system, but I'm telling you how to manipulate it. So, <laughs> uh, thanks again, Paul, for sending this in. Uh, we really, we've, uh, we've enjoyed actually really both the tracks that you've sent. Yeah. So. Bye, everyone. Good night. Stay grounded. Bye.